0: And this is what behavior therapists do. They decompose your problems. What are you afraid of? Well, okay, you're afraid of everything. Well, let's get something specific you're afraid of. Well, I'm afraid of an elevator. Okay, an elevator. So I have a client. She's afraid of elevators. The elevator door opens. She goes, that's a tomb. And I thought, oh, wow, I thought it was an elevator. But for you, it's not a bloody elevator. It's death. And so that's what you're afraid of. It's worse than that, you're afraid of being trapped inside there, in the dark, alone. Alone. Not knowing if anyone is going to rescue you, stuck there with your damn imagination. Freaking out. It's like, and if that's not... And then maybe you have a heart attack because you're so terrified and you die. It's like, you know... So, that's the elevator. Well, it's no bloody wonder that no one's going to get into something like that. And then maybe underneath that is your distrust in the mechanisms of society. Right? Because, you know... A normal person, those weird creatures, they'll get an elevator, what the hell, they don't care. And partly it's because they have an implicit belief, even if the thing stops, somebody will come along and rescue them. And usually you don't even think about it, right? It's like, oh, what the hell, it's an elevator. It's like, the danger is invisible to you. And it's partly because you implicitly trust the structure. And so maybe you go into the unconscious presuppositions of the person who is terrified of the elevator and the subways and you find out they have a real problem with trusting authority. And that's partly why they don't get along with their husband. And why they've never been able to stand up for themselves. So then, you say, okay, well you're afraid of the damn elevator. But it's not an elevator, it's a tomb. And the tomb is partly you and partly... It's partly the elevator and partly your unconscious mind. And so, well, what can you handle? Can you go and look at an elevator from 10 feet away? It's like, yes, okay. How about nine feet away? Yes, five feet, yes, four feet, no. Okay, no problem, four and a half feet. We're gonna go from that elevator. And we're gonna look at the damn thing until you're bored of it. Cause that's what we're trying to, you should be bored of the elevator. Cause then you're not afraid of it, obviously. It's like, it's an elevator. You just don't notice it, right? All these things around here that you don't notice. I'd take you out of here and ask you what color the walls are. You haven't got any idea, you know. I, I suspect for most of you, there's not a chance you'd be able to identify the gender of the person who's sitting next to you, unless you know them. It's like, you just don't remember anything. And why should you? Everything works. Like, you don't have to pay attention to it. It's like, is that staying up? Yeah, it's still up. Yeah, <laughs> it's still up. Still up. It's like, really? No. No, you get bored of that real quick, and so then you just ignore it. And, but the agoraphobic has had that veil of ignorance torn away, and what they see behind it is mortal threat. And so that's really what you're helping them deal with. And so, this week they're four and a half feet from the elevator. Next week they're a foot from the elevator. And the week after that, the horrible gates of hell open, and they look inside, and they don't run. And so, hey. They're tougher than they thought they were. And that's what you're teaching them, actually. You're not teaching them that the world isn't dangerous. Because that's a stupid thing to teach someone. Bloody right, the world is dangerous. It's terrifying. And sometimes people under... they realize that. And the veil lifts. And they see horror everywhere. They see that. And then they think, well, I'm just a little rabbit. I'm over here in the corner. I can't move. I'm, I'm petrified. And then they can't move. They hide at home. They cower at home. Because everything has become a predatory domain. And so what you teach them is, you're not as much of a rabbit as you think. And part of that is that you help them grow some teeth. So that they can go home and have that fight with their husband that they should have had 25 years ago. And it happens very frequently with agoraphobic clients. That you get them so they can go on the damn elevator and they can go on the subway and they can take a taxi. And maybe they learn to drive. Wow. They get some autonomy, and then they're a little tougher, and so then they can stand up for themselves, and they go back, and, like, their husband might not be very happy with any of this. Really, it depends on what sort of guy he is, you know, if he's a real tyrant, he might be just perfectly happy that he's married to someone who, you know, is afraid of her own shadow, because then she won't ever leave. And so that's a nasty little story, and believe me, it's not uncommon. So she gets tougher by facing what she fears. And what she finds out is, there's a hell of a lot more to her than she thought. And that's really what happens when you do behavior therapy with someone who's agrophobic. It isn't really that they get less afraid, it's that they get braver. That's way different. It's because brave is alert. And able to cope. Naive is, there's no danger, it's like, oh yeah, right, there's no danger, Jesus, what a stupid theory that is.